Hello, members of the Interior Therapist community. This is Peter Malinowski coming to you with episode four of Many Parts, One Love. This is a premium podcast for you members of the Interior Therapist community. It is so good to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. The whole point of the Interior Therapist community, the ITC, the whole point of the ITC is your human formation, your formation in the natural realm as a human person. That's the focus, your human formation as a person. And we also look at becoming better therapists, but that really is secondary. We also learn a lot about IFS, but that really is secondary to this primary focus of our human formation. Remember that therapy is always done by a person, by a therapist. And we're really working on being present with the client, being with our clients through this human formation. And today I want to talk about pre-evangelization. Some call it initial evangelization. Father John Harden, the noted Jesuit in his 1980 Modern Catholic Dictionary, defined pre-evangelization as follows, quote, preparation of a person or people to receive the gospel. The need for such preparation in the modern world arises from the massive neglect of God and things spiritual. In the past, the Second Vatican Council explains, it was the exception to repudiate God and religion to the point of abandoning them, and then only in individual cases. But nowadays, it seems a matter of course to reject them as incompatible with scientific progress and a new kind of humanism. Through the media of social communication, this spirit of unbelief has permeated whole segments of society, hence the need for predisposing people even to listen to the gospel, especially in the once Christian affluent cultures of Euro-America. So that's Father John Harden basically laying out the need for some preparation for people to be able to be disposed to the gospel instead of just instead of just letting it roll off them like water off a duck's back. Mark Cardaronella, in his blog post, The Five Stages of Evangelization and Why You Need to Ignore Them, that's the title, he explains that when we want to bring joy and peace and love, if we want to bring the gospel to people who have little or no experience of God, we have to do the work of pre-evangelization. And he writes of this stage, pre-evangelization, he says, quote, This stage seeks to show that our basic human desires for security, love, and acceptance find their fulfillment in God. It answers the fundamental questions of life, such as, why do I exist? Where does everything come from? Why is the world the way it is? And what is my purpose in this world? End quote. The big questions. What Mark Cardinella is telling us is that we got to get to the big questions if we want to move the hearts of people who are not in, naturally inclined towards towards the faith. It's not part of their upbringing. It's not part of their experience. Henri Nouwen, Father Henri Nouwen, wrote a whole book about his attempts to bring an agnostic friend, a secular Jew, a journalist, and a writer into the Catholic faith. So this was a longstanding friendship. He was working with this particular man named Fred, and it was all laid out in his book, Life of the Beloved. Now, parts of me really like Father Henry Nowen's work, and parts of me really don't. I'm really kind of internally all over the board when it comes to him. But this was a really interesting exposition of the things that I'm trying to get across when I discuss inner pre-evangelization. 
he spent years trying to evangelize this secular Jewish journalist. And in, in the end, spoiler alert, he wasn't successful. This is what his friend Fred told him at the end of this entire exercise. And after the book was written, Fred said, quote, although it is clear that you try to write for me and my friends from your own center, and although you express to us what is most precious to you, you do not realize how far we are from where you are. You speak from a context and tradition that is alien to us, and your words are based in many presuppositions that we don't share with you. You're not aware of how truly secular we are. Many, many questions need to be answered before we are able to be fully open to what you say about the life of the beloved. Long before you start speaking about being the beloved and becoming the beloved, you have to respond to some very fundamental questions such as, who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? How can I give my life meaning? How do I get faith? When you do not help us to answer those questions, your beautiful meditations on being and becoming the beloved remain dreamlike for us. So that was hard feedback for Father Henri Nouwen to take in. And he wrote this. To his credit, he lays out all of this, all of this, this, uh, this exchange. And he writes, I attempted to be a witness of God's love to a secular world, but it sounded like someone who was so excited about the art of sailing that he forgets that his listeners have never seen lakes or the sea, not to mention sailboats, end quote. Sherry Waddell, author of the book Forming Intentional Disciples. I really like that book. And she's also the co-founder and executive director of the St. Catherine of Siena Institute. She's an expert on the best ways to evangelize potential new Catholics. So in her book, Forming Intentional Disciples, Sherry Waddell discusses how so many people in our day and age are just not ready for Catholic catechesis. And so an approach that's catechetically based is going to fail with them. Based on her extensive real-world experience of accompanying converts on their journey into the Catholic Church, Waddell emphasizes an evangelization approach that is tailored to the needs of the person in the moment, not a one-size-fits-all approach. All right, so we're going to be talking more and more about that, but as you might imagine, we're going to bring this into the level of parts. Let's, let's begin to review this a little bit. This is a little bit of a review from the last episode. Many of our parts have very powerful and intense reactions to God. Every part of us that is not in right relationship with the self has inevitably a distorted image of God, and along with that, a distorted image of self and a distorted image of the relationship between God and self. So when I talk about parts having a right relationship with self, what am I talking about? Well, neither blended, that is fused with the self, you can't be in relationship with the self if you're fused, if you've taken over the self. And then the second is not being exiled, not being blocked by protector parts. So when there is right relationship, there's this potential for connection and communication. It doesn't mean that the part has to be actively relating or communicating with the self in the moment, but it does mean that the part has a real connection and can access its relationship with the self when it needs to or when it wants to. When we're not in right relationship, when a part is not in right relationship with God, then distorted ideas of God take over and they're drawn from the experience that that part has and how it makes sense of that experience, how it construes that experience. And parts are often phenomenologically very young. They use patterns of thinking that are very childlike. They look at their experience through lenses that don't have the benefit of a mature development. 
They generalize from authority figures and parent figures, and they project those qualities onto God. And even normal attachment injuries in good families corrupt and distort God images. No parents can escape this fact, but God has a, God has a plan. Anytime he allows something negative to happen, anything he allows something that's harmful, harmful or hurtful to happen, he's going to bring greater good from that. So remember, Richard Schwartz, Internal Family Systems, it's attachment taken inside. The self is the important attachment figure. Parts need to come to trust the self. They need to come to see the self as a secure base, one that can be trusted so that parts can try out new ways of being and relating. And that includes relating with God, the self as the mediator. Now, here's the main point of this episode. Each part of us can become a focus for inner evangelization. Uh, Peter Martin talks a lot about inner evangelization. It's the call to relationship with God. But, and this evangelization is so important. Pope Francis, in his apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Gaudium, released on November 24th, 2013, said, quote, we cannot forget this evangelization is first and foremost about preaching the gospel to those who do not know Jesus Christ or who have always rejected him. Many of them are quietly seeking God, led by a yearning to see his face, even in countries of ancient Christian tradition. All of them have a right to receive the gospel. Christians have the duty to proclaim the gospel without excluding anyone. Instead of seeming to impose new obligations, they should appear as people who wish to share their joy, who point to a horizon of beauty, and who invite others to a delicious banquet. It is not by proselytizing that the church grows, but by attraction. So many parts in faithful Catholics really have a hard time with God. It's because we lack this integration, this interior integration. It's because we've got this problems of fragmentation, which is ultimately the result of sin and its effects. Original sin, the sins of others, our own personal sins. Now, I don't really think about this interior integration in bringing these parts into a right relationship with the self so that they can connect with God, even as evangelization. I've got some negative connotations with that word. Evangelization can seem kind of programmatic to me. It can seem forced, more like proselytization, and I'll talk a little bit more about proselytization in a bit. Uh, uh, Pope Francis just brought it up in the quote, but we'll get into that a little bit more. Evangelization is really about loving our parts. It's about introducing our parts to the very best things in life. It's about introducing them to love, right? God is love. And it's so important. This is the testimony from Paul Wallace, which was reprinted in Sherry Waddell's Forming Intentional Disciples book. He said, quote, I am not a Christian because it makes sense or because someone sat down and diagrammed it for me. I'm a Christian because I have been loved deeply and unconditionally by Christians. Some of them troubled me with hard questions, but all of them loved me when I did not love them. Reason is a wonderful tool, but it is a weak force for deep change in human beings. When we are in relationship with God, some parts of us may be in relationship with God, but others not so much in relationship. You know, attitudes and positions toward God can really vary by parts, right? From part to part, a very different attitude, very different position toward God. And also kind of from moment to moment, depending on how well connected that part is with the self. So this is really dynamic. 
parts may have very different relationships with the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Some parts can be very attracted to one member of the Trinity, to one person of the Trinity, but not to the others. And also different positions toward Mary or other saints or guardian angel of the church. This is from a resilient Catholics community member who was describing her experience earlier this week in adoration. I have permission to share this. Uh, I'll keep it anonymous. But this resilient Catholics community member was praying. And as she prayed, she saw her parts. And she was kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament exposed in at adoration. And she saw all of her parts in a semicircle facing her between her and our Lord. And she was blended with her Catholic part. This was, this was her standard bearer. And this, the standard bearer was trying to evangelize these other parts, right? She was trying to get these other parts to look at Jesus. She was trying to get them to pray to Jesus, but the parts were not having any of it. These parts were looking to herself. They didn't trust the standard bearer part. They wanted to trust in herself. She saw then that she was blended with that manager that was trying to get the different parts into relationship with God. And she saw that the technique, that the techniques that that part was was using were really more proselytizing techniques than approaches of ordered and attuned evangelization. Sherry Waddell says, we cannot bring anyone to faith through pressure, guilt, arguments, or cleverness. But this is what our uber-Catholic protectors try to do all the time with our other parts. I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. We hear this at midnight mass on Christmas Eve. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. We need to shine We need to shine with a gentle, warm light. We need to be merciful with our parts. We don't want to be proselytizing. St. Paul Street Evangelization, which it's an organization I like. I think they've got a lot of good things going. They make this distinction, right? Proselytizing is marked. This is from their their blog on September 6th, 2014. They said, proselytizing is marked by those who try to convert others through fear, malice, manipulation, deception, threat, or bribery. It does not respect religious freedom or human dignity. True evangelization is concerned with the good of the other person and the salvation of their souls through charity. Chris Sparks, in his blog uh, from February 27th, 2017, titled Evangelization versus Proselytization, makes three major distinctions. Number one, evangelization goes out to others and listens to them. That's so important, the listening, right? Proselytization excludes others and simply talks at them. Second point, evangelization is a proclamation of Jesus, allowing people to have an encounter in Christ. Proselytization is proud and convinced that it has all the answers. Third point, evangelization trusts in the Holy Spirit as the true evangelist, as the one who makes converts. Proselytization believes it's up to us, to the force of our arguments and persuasive power. So can you see the difference between if the self with recollection is approaching parts versus an uber-Catholic manager part? Right? Can you see the difference how the self can engage in ordered, attuned 
approaches to evangelization where the parts, because they've got an agenda, this isn't really, whereas the manager parts, the uber Catholic parts, they've got an agenda. They are trying to keep you safe. This isn't about bringing the love of God to a part. It's about not being condemned by an angry God or not being rejected or not being discarded or ignored. So we see the difference between this and can we see how it's mediated by parts versus self, right? Can we see that where that activity is coming from really matters? If it's coming from a part that's not connected well with the self, doesn't have much self-energy, it's going to be proselytizing. That bullying, that coercion, the influence and manipulation, the, the, the neglect of really connecting in love with the other part versus evangelization, much more ordered coming from the self. We have this need for pre-evangelization. That's the first threshold of conversion from for Sherry Waddell is this initial trust. And she says there that, a quote, a person is able to trust or have a positive association with Jesus Christ, the church, a Christian believer, or something identifiably Christian. Trust is not the same as an active personal faith. Without some kind of bridge of trust in place, people will not move closer to God. She says, the first task of evangelization is to find out if a bridge of trust already exists. If this trust does not already exist, then our first job as an an evangelizer is to help build that bridge. This is especially vital now that a fundamental distrust of Christianity in general and the Catholic Church in particular is the new normal in many places. After a decade of scandal, Catholics must work hard to earn trust. Basically, she goes on to say that We earn such trust primarily through relationships, through the integrity, compassion, warmth, and joy of one's own life and faith. This is, again, what I'm going to say is we got to take this inside. We've got to think of our parts as separate little personalities that need individual attention in this whole effort of bringing us into a much more complete relationship with God, a kind of relationship that encompasses all of our parts but is also attuned to what those parts' needs are, what their fears are, what their experiences have been, and how they've made sense of those experiences. We need to be humble enough and patient enough and gentle enough and merciful enough with our parts so that we don't drag them into the presence of God kicking and screaming and full of fear and terror, but rather that they be attracted to come with us into the light of God. Right, So how we evangelize ourselves and our parts, I really believe that's how we're going to evangelize other people. How we love ourselves and our parts, that's how we're going to love other people. How we evangelize our, our parts or how we don't evangelize our parts, that's how we're going to love other people. If we are really caught up with a kind of self-condemning, fear-driven approach to our own personal spiritual life, we're going to inevitably bring that into our consulting room with our clients. We're going to bring that into our relationships with our children, with those that are near to us. So we need to love ourselves enough so that we can love others. And that's the message for today. And so really glad to be with you. Thank you for being on this pilgrimage with me. I ask you to keep me in your prayers. Please keep me in your prayers and keep the whole interior therapist community in your prayers. We all have parts that need love. We all have parts that need redemption. We all have parts that need care. And we all need greater levels of integration in this journey together. So 
I keep praying for you as well. And with that, we'll invoke our patroness and our patron, Our Lady, Our Mother, Untire of Knots. Pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us.